You're now listening to the Claim It Podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman, your joyologist. On this podcast, I have conversations with people who intrigue and inspire me getting into the journey of their lives, which I've already done with today's special guest, Libby Karstensen. So today is a special bonus episode, which I normally do alone, but I wanted to call in my friend Libby because she is a grief recovery specialist. Is that what you say? You can definitely say that. Yes. Well, how would you describe yourself <laughs> in this, in that manner, in the grief world? I would describe myself as somebody, um, you know, as a coach that can really support you in navigating grief and loss. Got it. Yeah. I don't know. Did you at one point use that or is that what like your the grief recovery specialist. Where did I get that from? Or did I just make it up? So you didn't make it up. It's a real thing. Okay. I was like, I was like, that's a great term I made up. <laughs> so the, the grief recovery specialist, and I would say also, yes, that is also true. Um, that is a particular name for the uh, training, the grief recovery method that I'm trained in as well. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So why we're talking about grief right now is because what we're all dealing with right now, it it might seem odd to name it or parts of it as grief, but as when we talked to Libby the first time, you know, we all were there (laughs) and we talked there, you said you named there were like 40 something types of loss that when we think of grief, it most commonly thinks we believe or goes to someone passed away. Right. And then you could go like, oh, okay, a relation should end it, uh, this. But so, yeah, what were the, like, what did they name? There were like over 40 types of grief. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many different types of loss. Um, and I think you're right. Most people will associate that grief is when somebody dies. And to be honest, before I started really diving deeply into uh, grief and understanding and, and really experiencing my own grief, that's what I thought, that's when I thought grief happened is death, grief. But what I've come to realize, and this has been the most important, I think, poignant experience of my entire life is that our entire lives are a series of loss. Um, We are taught, and especially here in the West, like manifest, acquire, goal, desired outcome, and we're taught how to acquire things. But most of us have zero skills on what happens when we lose those things. And that, I think, is a big conversation um, and what a lot of people are experiencing right now. And I just want to give you, just to kind of open this up and to give you know, um, everyone a reference point is a big piece of the grief right now is we're grieving our lives as they were before COVID-19. So when I say just the, um, especially because I hear a lot from people, it's like, well, when things go back to normal, there's no going back to normal. There is a grief of the way that things were, our routine, um, especially for parents now that are maybe homeschooling kids and then also working from home. It's like everything about our normal day-to-day for most of us has changed. So when I start with just that idea as a loss, I'm curious Like when you think about your daily routine and what's changed for you, like what are the top two things that come to mind? What's changed for me? um, I have 
less time to like do my work because my kids are home. Yeah. Um, and then because of, yeah, like being home all the time, I've noticed some of my other natural routines have gone away. Like I, not always, but I most love to get up before my kids and do some yoga in the morning. I went like two to three weeks of this whole stay at home thing before I did that again. Mm-hmm. Now it's also challenging because my two year old will climb in bed and then I can't get out in the bed in the morning because then she wakes up too. So that's also one reason that are happening. But that took me several weeks to still be like, because it was kind I kind of think I was feeling like, well, what's the point? Yeah. Of getting up and having that time or or also I think I also have been in the place of knowing like this is such an uncertain time and a grieving and just like not wanting to push myself or stretch mm-hmm. myself for those first couple of weeks like just allowing like this is a lot and so maybe I'm just gonna choose to stay in my bed more yeah in the morning yeah um yeah and I think you know definitely loss of our lives before that but I think you know like the loss of expectations of or the loss mm-hmm. of people's plans you know I think people are, whether you can look at it as being something silly like oh this you know you have this huge birthday trip planned or you people's book releases are coming out mm-hmm. these weeks you know some of my friends and that they had it was going to be book tours and this was how the book release was supposed to go right. so it's a lot of like the releasing expectations expectations of what we thought our lives would look like what what 2020 would look like what mm-hmm. what our lives should because you know I'm always about the shoulds and that tuning in that and that's why I think I'm able to shift out of those expectations or constantly because they come up but let go of them quicker and to not be living in that space but because it's feeling like all right this is an attachment to how I felt like my life should be how I want even yeah. how I want things to be but I don't have the choice over that right now but I have the right. choice over. So how can I choose to then still make that possible today or right. something like that? So let's talk um, about what you just shared, because I think that's also the piece. So as you can see right now, just even in the first few minutes, we've been talking about this, there's levels, right? There's levels and there's layers. And so grief is defined, and this is in the grief recovery handbook. Um, Grief is defined as the normal, natural reaction to loss. And when there is a reaction to loss, most of us try and solve grief with our heads, but this isn't a head problem. This is a heart problem. Mm -hmm. And the, because it's, again, the emotion, this isn't something that we can fix. So a big message that I have right now, you know, with students and clients is that feel it versus fixing it. Because when we go to fix it, we haven't yet, like, it, it's so interesting. We have feelings about our feelings, right? So we think- Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> Again, and that I think too gets back to the should. I shouldn't be feeling this way or right. I shouldn't, I, you know, or even like I said, something that I'm naming silly. Like I shouldn't be feeling this upset because of this loss because in the grant, because this person's dealing with this loss and like that invalidating our own yes. feelings yep. or even like, Oh, I'm someone that has a lot and look at all that I have. So I can't be feeling this loss because look at those people that are like struggling with their lives right. that I like, I feel like that coming into play too. Right. Yeah. Like we're judging ourselves for our feelings instead of just like allowing ourselves to feelings and work through it. It's like the layers and layers of the feelings on feelings. <laughs> yes. So that, and we could take that further into like defining grief is it's the conflicting feelings caused by the end of or change in a familiar pattern or behavior. So the conflicting feelings of, um, 
And this is again about feeling it versus fixing it because what many people are also doing is uh, minimizing or invalidating what we're feeling because somebody else has it way worse off. And comparison, when we get into the comparison, that's the, that is really the thief of feeling our feelings. So when we go in and we're comparing our experience, because the reason why we're doing this, just understanding from you know, a perspective of the brain and trying to rationalize and again, fix it from up here, from the head, is that we're trying to, um, to put it into perspective of how should I feel in this situation? The thing is, is there's no reference point. There's no reference point for feeling. Nothing like this has ever happened before. So what I really want to share with people at this time is what can you do to give yourself space? To feel all of your feelings. So feeling grateful that you have food and a roof over your head. And then also really sad because book tour got canceled. So there's also the loss over unmet hopes, dreams, and expectations. So I think once you realize and again, my whole mission is really to normalize grief, to normalize grief. And also knowing that even if like you have a similar loss to somebody else, the way in which you grieve and experience that is unique and individual to you. So that's why we wanna minimize comparing as much as possible because it's like, it's putting us in a box because box actually makes us feel more certain but it's actually, we need to throw out the box in this scenario. Yeah, I actually did two solo episodes ago was that. It was the topic of like, there's no, why you don't, or like why you want to stop comparing how you're going, dealing with this to others and then talking about the invalidating yeah. other people, invalidating your own experience. Because outside of this as well, I've experienced that with my friends that like have, you know, they have a lot, they have a lot, they have big homes, they have good money. So that even outside of this, that I would find them feeling like they weren't allowed to be upset in their lives. Mm -hmm. You know, they weren't allowed to struggle with something because I was gifted with this amazing life. So like that they were then not allowing them to feel like upset, like, oh, they're re renovating their home and the contractor keeps doing these things mm -hmm. and messing up and taking too long. And like they weren't allowed to be upset about that because who am I to be upset about this contractor that I can afford to redo my home? But it's like, they're such a generous person and they're doing so much for the world. But like they, again, were like making themselves wrong for being upset because they have so much. So this right. is that's outside of, mm -hmm. you know, this instance, but yeah, like that I was referencing that too. Yeah. I'm going back to the beginning is like the loss and like, yeah, how we both sort of thought of grief and loss is death. That's another reason I thought to have you is because I think that one, like grieving is so unique and unpredictable for so many of us. And I never thought that my grief process and how long it, took and still takes with the de mm -hmm. death of my father mm -hmm. would be. And, and so now like, you know, when I hear of somebody that loses somebody, I was always saying like, grief is so unpredictable. Like, you know, just, you just never know when it's going to hit you or whatever. So like, just like, like that was my sort of like, cause you never know, you never know what to say to someone, right. Yeah. That like loses something really. So mm -hmm. I would just be like, Hey, I'm here for you. love you. And you know, grief is unpredictable. Like you never know. So like sort of like the allowing that, like mm -hmm. saying like it's unpredictable, you never know when you're going to get hit with this, like 
overwhelming loss. And then when I had had friends go through like breakup losses, Mm -hmm. then I started to be like this. I I started to see for myself like, oh, you're like grieving right now. This is another type of loss. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be unpredictable because you might think I'm great. And I know this was the best choice for us. We're good. And then you run into somebody and be like, oh, how so-and-so. And And then they bring it all like you never just know. Or you could run in, oh, you eat this food and you have this memory of that person. Mm -hmm. And so like I was seeing that in myself, this like I've been saying at, through this whole COVID thing, like from the start, like, hey, our feelings are going to be unpredictable. And so then it made me be like, oh, so this is like grieving. Yeah. <laughs> because myself, like I'll wake up and be like, all right, I'm feeling great today. We got this pattern down. All right. I'm finally back on this. I feel great. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, my God, I feel like I just need to go hide under a blanket. And yeah. like nothing necessarily happened. Right. It also, I realize I mostly get hit. Because I have two busy ki- two kids, so I'm mm-hmm. mostly occupied. When I go to, like, my work time, like, okay, well, please let mommy have two hours of work and you play with your daddy. I go to work, and I'm so excited to have my time in work, but then I'm still for the first time. Yeah. And so I notice that's when I what ends up happening. I'm so happy. I'm motivated. I'm excited about what I'm going to get to do today and my two yeah. hours of work time. And then I'm still, because I don't have these two busy beings around, and then all of a sudden I just want to lay down and cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, what I'm hearing you say are really the typical responses associated with grief. So you talked about kind of the roller coaster of emotional energy. That's one surefire clue that um, I'm grieving. Um, Changing in your eating habits, either, you know, you can't eat enough, right? We're feeding that hungry ghost or you're, there's no desire for food whatsoever. And that can change day to day. Sleep, sleep is a big one too. Like if your sleeping patterns are disrupted. Um, The other thing that I'm hearing from a lot of people is numbing out, right? So it's like, what are, what are the things that you do to avoid feeling what you're feeling, you know? And for, for many of us, and this is another thing that I think is really important to understand is that the current losses that you're experiencing also create an opening of all the other unresolved grief that you have yet to meet. And so when, when, again, this is usually it's these big catalysts that create openings is then there's this reduced concentration because our quality of presence is limited because of, first of all, you were talking about the unmet hopes, dreams, and expectations. There's um, losses from the past that we're now experiencing in the present. And because many of us are stay at home or shelter in place, we can't hide from our feelings as much as we were able to do before COVID-19. And so what you, and I loved how you described your feeling of energy and just how you move through your day, because it's really important that we understand that this, first of all, is natural, normal, and there's things that you can do to support yourself, to support your biology as you move through and experience this, because it's, you know, the nervous system, right? It's like when you're met with like, um, again, a change like this you know, do you fight, flight, or freeze? And we can also cycle through those within, you know, the course of a day, or even, you know, I'll have all of those responses in a matter of 30 seconds. Like, yeah, I, I was about to say, off. mostly, usually quicker. <laughs> I get pissed <laughs> I'm off, like, and then I want to leave. And then I just move into freeze mode. Um, and so it's important to like, again, and I'm so happy you're having this conversation to let people know that 
this is first of all normal. And then um, like, what can we do to kind of, you know, and I always like to think of like companioning with our feelings, like actually inviting our feelings in instead of trying to resist. I don't want to feel anger. I don't want to feel sadness. We actually get to, and I love Tara Brock. Um, she's taught me so much about um, really having tea with our emotions, having tea with anger, inviting it in. Like if it's present, it's there to teach you, to have a message. It's, it's part of your experience. And yeah, that's a shift in mindset because we don't necessarily want to feel bad. Yeah. And I, uh, I've been sharing a lot, even before this too, I wrote an article last year for Chalkboard Magazine about it, that like for me, and I don't know, you know, like I'm always asking other people on this, like, so what is the feeling they're feelings? But for me, what I notice helps is like naming the feeling and then like asking it more questions. And even Mm -hmm. last week, uh, we like, we had a miscommunication on when we were supposed to record. And mm-hmm. I'm usually so like, oh, okay, no big deal. But because I like wanted it for a certain time, I felt disappointment that I mm-hmm. normally don't feel. And I immediately was like, ah, and I was like mad and disappointed. And I wanted to go stuff my face. Ah. And I was like, interesting. But again, this is my work time hours. So like that meant going back to my house. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like just go, but I felt this. I was like, ah. And I'm like, what is this? Oh, I'm feeling disappointment. I'm feeling anger. Why? Because this didn't happen. Like, okay, but I can't change that now. Like, you know, we're going to reschedule. And so like asking myself though, like, what is this coming? Like that was easier because it was like an in the moment thing. But um, just asking myself the question, like and naming it, what am I feeling? I am feeling disappointment. I am feeling anger. I am feeling annoyed. And then going into, oh, I'm not saying this to be like Matt, like, you know, I'm just going, that was just like an incurrence. I was like, by the way, I'm not trying to be like, I was so disappointed. <laughs> just using it as an example. I love that you're using it as an example. I was like, oh, by the way, I'm not one. like trying to yell it. <laughs> it's a good one. But I moved through it. I moved through it very quickly because that I was like naming it. But for me, it was also interesting because you said how like tuning out with like the food that that was the first time I noticed myself being like, I just want to go shove food in my face. Yeah. And I didn't because I didn't go in the house. And so I instead asked myself these questions. What am I feeling? Okay. Like, let's look at the thing and also like taking, like taking responsibility. Where can I take responsibility? I I thought about checking in with you that day and I didn't, I could have checked in earlier in the day and be like, is that on? That would have saved me from the disappointment, but also then getting to, okay, then what would make me feel better in this moment? Or like, I don't try to, and that's why I try to be careful when I'm using this process, I name it. I ask like, what, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, and then like ask myself, like, is this even real? Cause it could be a story we're made up right. because, you know, I didn't get a text message back. So this person doesn't like me, blah, blah, blah. This person never replied to my podcast request. So they must think that I'm not enough, that I don't mm-hmm. have enough of this. Maybe they just didn't see the email or saw it and forgot to reply. So like, is that even real? The question I asked myself and then like, what, what Mm -hmm. can I do? What do I want to feel? And what do I want to believe? I want to believe it was an honest mistake and a miscommunication. I want to believe we're still going to have this conversation. And then I turn it into the affirmation now tense statement. And that helps me. But I always want to be careful is that even though that's me shifting Mm -hmm. from a painful, you know, what we would want to enable negative thought into how do I want to feel that like, I'm not trying to say, don't feel that. That's just like, you know, and so I'm always kind of nervous right now is then when I'm sharing this process of how I get through it into a new, good, better feeling and creating the affirmation that I'm not like, don't feel it. It's wrong. Skip over Mm -hmm. it. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So what do you, cause I'm like, and I actually just yeah. recorded a video sharing my sort of process too. And like I said, I've said this before. And again, that, that helps me to feel the feelings yeah. and sometimes it takes longer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm in that longer and sometimes I create, what do I want to believe? What do I want to feel? And I could still be fighting it. But for me, that is something that I've been using a long time and it helps me. Yeah. But yeah, again, I don't want people to feel like, all right, so we just need to shift this to the positive statement. Right. I'm always trying to be like, no, like feel it. Yeah. For me, that's what helps. But like, what if that doesn't help others and they're just trying to get to the other feeling quicker? Right. So what do you say for people to feel through the feelings or to allow so, those feelings to move it into the heart and out of the mind? Because that was yeah. a bit me, I guess, using my mind, but also I feel like mm-hmm. using my heart because I'm trying to be considerate with myself and allowing it. Right. So here's, um, and I love what you're doing. and particularly for this topic of grief, I'm going to add a couple of additional questions in here. So this is a mindfulness technique. It's called RAIN. Um, It's an acronym and I'll explain the R-A-I-N, but this is really powerful. Um, And it's a mindfulness technique. It's really powerful for working with emotions as they arise. Like you had a really good example of um, when you had the time for yourself to work and then you notice yourself going into, I just want to lay down, you know, and relax. So we can, whether it's this feeling of, Oh, that wasn't a feeling of relaxing. That was me feeling like overwhelmed suddenly. Like, okay. Oh, I now finally like have this space that all my feelings are coming up. Got it. Whereas they hadn't cause I'm busy entertaining toddlers. Okay. Got it. So space and then <laughs> overwhelm rises up. So, and this is, we can kind of work with, we'll work with overwhelm as an emotion. So the first step is recognize. So what you, what you shared too with disappointment is recognizing disappointment. So identifying the difficult emotion and recognizing when it's present is so powerful. And let me tell you why. So there's actually research and there's brain imaging studies that um, have demonstrated that recognizing and labeling emotions actually reduces the activity in the emotionally reactive regions of our brain. So instead of avoiding it or denying it, when you recognize it and name it, you're already on the path to maybe diminishing or lessening the intensity of the emotion. So kudos on that first step. That's cool. I'm like, cause that's what I always say, but I don't like do research. I just do what works for me and create these habits and then share them. But I'm not someone that researches and goes scientific. So I'm always like, exactly. Yay! exactly. <laughs> yes. And so here's the thing too, cause I think it's a balance of intuition, like what you're using of like, this works for me. And then the way that I teach and I find, especially when I'm going into workplace and, and, um, you know, speaking on big stages is that I find that when I add the science in there, people are like, okay, I'll, I'll lean in, I'll listen. Um, because some of us, I know me, um, I also need the evidence and the research. I'm like, cause I want to know how. So now that you know how, and you also have your intuition guiding you, um, the next piece is um, accept. So the A is accept. And so part of the acceptance, which you also did intuitively is um, accepting, acknowledging and allowing. So allowing for overwhelm to be there, um, allowing for disappointment to be there and um, know that like when you accept or acknowledge, it doesn't mean that you agree with it or support it, right? This is just about us being with it. Um, So 
And that's sort of like, I'm allowed to feel this. I'm not yes. wrong for feeling this. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, the example that you gave of your friend and the contractor, it's, you know, there's, especially when we get in comparison, uh, comparing our experience with somebody else's and like, I should be grateful. I shouldn't be feeling what I'm feeling. Here's the thing. You're still going to feel it at some point. Point. It's just that now you're avoiding or denying yourself that opportunity to feel. And so that, and then it'll end up blowing up, yeah. right? <laughs> and it's like a layering, right? It's just like, yeah. it's like a layering. It's like that closet. Ignoring never works. That yeah. closet that we just keep putting things into, which by the way, I've cleared out all of my closets within like the first 10 days of quarantining. And I'm like, what else am I going Say, to do? Yeah, I've definitely been doing that. <laughs> so the A is for allow right? So being aware of the thoughts, the emotions, the resistance, the aversion, and then just practicing acceptance. Um, and then the I is for investigate. So the investigate comes from kind of more of your internal experience. So this is the other piece I would add is that you use um, disappointment or we can use overwhelm is noticing what, if anything, is present in your body. So yeah. sensation. I do usually, yeah. Yeah. So tell me when you Clenching, were doing. Clenching, like my stomach. Yeah. yeah. That I do normally like name that too. That's what I'm like. I'm like my, my, my steps get like shorter or longer depending. But yeah. And I think in that episode, I did an episode about it. And at this point I was like, I can feel like my stomach tightening. I can feel my shoulders like caving in. Like I feel like really tense in my body. Yeah. That was a disappointment. Overwhelm usually feels heavy to me. And yes. like, yeah, like I kind of, like I said, that's what made me want to lay on the ground with the blanket was like, oh, I just, everything feels heavy and like pooling in different directions. Like, yeah, I don't know if that yeah, ex- accurately that's describes. Perfect. And so again, what I love about these emotions, because it's like, you're giving voice to your experience, which when we're doing that, we're creating awareness. Where are we in awareness? We're present. So you've moved from past or, you know, future thinking to more here in the present moment, just investigating, exploring physical sensations, uh, exploring the emotions. And then I love this question because we want to approach this with an attitude of kindness and curiosity. So again, I always believe if the feeling is present, it's there. Um, it's, It's there to either teach you, deliver you a message. Um, and we can only kind of coax that into being when we're curious and we approach it with, you know, an attitude of kindness. So the question that I like to ask is, you know, what does this feeling want for me right now? You know, what is it trying mm. to tell me, especially if overwhelm, and I hear this a lot from clients and also anxiety, it's like invited in for tea, you know, what, you know, what do you want from me right now? What are you trying to tell me? And that's a really powerful, um, it's a really powerful dialogue. I did this the other day with irritation. And um, what I uncovered when I just really sat with irritation and I noticed the sensations, I noticed the emotions and I was like, you know, what does irritation want for me? And I realized that when I feel like groundless, like when I, I, I feel uncertain, that one of the ways that I try and regain control or I feel like I have clear, stronger boundaries is through the experiencing of irritation. And I was like, holy smokes, like this has been present for me for decades. 
of how I use irritation and agitation. And um, in that moment, I realized, you know, this is a strategy that maybe worked for me when I was a teenager, maybe not, um, but there's something better that I can come up with right now. So I thought, okay, thank you, irritation. You, you definitely served me in the past, but now this calls for like a different strategy. And, and that was life-changing. So I want to ask you. So what, wait, so what was that question again? So the, the question is, what does this feeling want from me right now? And what, if anything, is it trying to tell me? And sometimes if you just sit with it, because the, it was interesting because as soon as I asked that question to irritation, it was like, oh my God, you're listening. Okay, here's what's up. <laughs> it's like, right. that, that was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. But even, you know, what I'm hearing too a lot is sadness. So it knows yeah. that that anger um, is is built on the foundation of sadness. So it's like, yeah. especially if we don't want to feel sad, um, we're going to reach for anger and we're probably going to hold on to anger is it. Cause that also gives us a sense of, you know, I've got it together. Um, yeah. That. Because even going back to the like miscommunication of like that, yeah. Like the disappointment comes from, Oh, well, I'm like really like the disappointment is I'm sad that this opportunity yeah. is going to like be delayed, which then makes me mad because I had created an expectation of when it was going to right. put out, which I didn't tell you, um, <laughs> which yeah. I also was, that was me taking responsibility for like, well, I wasn't clear, um, in these things, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. So, and even, uh, so over, so yeah. So if I'm feeling overwhelmed, what is this feeling here to tell me? Is that the question? Yeah. What does this feeling want for me right now? What does this feeling want for me? So when I ask myself that, and I'm not feeling, I'm trying to put myself into like, okay, I'm in overwhelmed state. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I mean, so I don't know if this is again, like, and this is what happens. I think people can too can question, am I answering this the right way? And so it might not be the right template, but for what me, what's coming when I ask it that way is just the message of everything is happening right on time. I have plenty of time uh -huh. to do what I do want to do and make space, you know, for myself and these desires. Yes. So it's like a reminding of me, which I do again do, which that's to me the asking like, what do I want to feel or what do I want? Cause it's a shift in, what do I want to believe about myself? If it's a like negative, like I'm not enough, I don't have enough time. Yeah. Nobody cares about me because of this. Can't, you know, like I didn't get the reply to the email or something to what do I want to believe? I want to believe I am worthy of the time, but then I can also shift it. It's sort of two different, but the same. And the like, what do I want? How do I want to feel? I want to feel that I have plenty of time. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to feel that everything <laughs> is going to some sort of plan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, it is interesting. I'm like, they are like, there's different, like, it's like, there's, everything's being pieced together, but with the different questions, but I'm so glad we're going through this because yes. in different ways, like you're these, um, what was the name for it again? The technique Right. Right. Yeah, so that right. might be easier for some people to take a hold of. And especially, mm -hmm. like I said, I'm sort of like keep piecemealing, like, and I think I have another question. And <laughs> okay. So that exactly. was the and, I. And, and that was, was that the, the I? That is the I investigate. Yeah. yeah investigate. And the, the other piece, too, which you intuitively did is when you're doing the investigation where you're asking those questions. And these are just two questions to kind of start, just like you were um, sharing. 
more questions will arise. And I believe the quality of our life is the equivalent to the quality of the questions we ask. So ask really good questions. And then also asking yourself, which you did, what stories am I believing right now? What story am I, what story am I telling myself about myself? And so if you can also see how the storytelling around the emotion, which keeps us in kind of that buffering space, right? Um, if you can acknowledge that like, oh, this is, oh, this is a rerun. <laughs> this is another yeah. story. Um, so we've gone through the recognize, again, accepting, acknowledging, investigating. And then the N is um, for non-identification or think neutrality. So this means not believing that your emotions belong to you as or as labeling them as me or mine. So this is this is kind of a, a really important piece that I also use in coaching, which is um, especially when I'm working with clients that are navigating anger. It's like, I'm so angry. It's like a shift can be, and again, creating more of this non-identification or more of a neutrality is um, I am experiencing anger. Um, and that idea instead of, it, or it's like, I'm, you know, just a way to create a little bit of space of like anger is present for me right now. Right. Instead of like, I'm so angry. Right. That means that like, I am an angry person. Right. Like that's what, what you're telling yourself. Yeah. Like, so instead of I am moving to, I am experiencing anger right yeah. now. Anger is present right now. Um, and this just little reframe because it may seem like, you know, semantics, but there is some powerful shifts that happen within the brain. Um, just totally so much power in the word usage. I totally yes, get that. Yes. I know you definitely get that. You know, me, but for everybody else out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it's so, it's really powerful. And it's like, you know, these emotions that we're feeling where sometimes we can get in the story of feeling very alone and isolated, but recognizing they're universal. Okay. You know, it's, mm -hmm. um, so many people across the planet are experiencing anger, uh, and sadness and grief. And, um, the message that I'm really bringing you know, that I feel really powerful about is like, we're better together and we're better together. And I'm really grateful again to you for, first of all, talking about this amazing example you have as your experience. And then also, I think there's the education around grief, but then what we just went through the rain technique, which again is a technique in mindfulness. This was first introduced by Michelle McDonald. Um, but then um, our Western mindfulness teachers, Jack Cornfield and Tara Brock, have really made this, like, um, I think, mainstream and so accessible for people. Um, so I loved how we brought in not just the education, but also how can we begin to process and integrate and just opening yeah. to these intense feelings that are particularly difficult and painful. Yeah, I mean, that's always my hope, whether it's me, you know, having you like guests originally on and telling their life story. It's like the hope that I'm just always trying to giving people the life story or whether I'm trying to go through like sharing the step by step of what's happening in my own mind and life and how I get through it is all of that was the hopes is that the people out there listening 
are applying it or are looking at, oh, that person's story looks like this, even though I see it just being like, wow, they have everything. They're so cool. They're so amazing. But like trying to expose to that they can also create, like you said, we're in this together. (laughs) Whereas like these feelings that we think, you know, like what you can feel anger, you can feel sad, you can feel grief, you can feel lost and that we're all humans experiencing these things and that you don't have to judge yourself and your version of that. And instead to feel like mm-hmm. I am a human moving through this and every human out there is moving through it in some way, whether it's during this COVID time or yeah. not. Yeah. And like, that's one thing that I think has definitely made me such a much more compassionate person is first the own self-compassion that I'm allowed to feel these things. I'm allowed to be upset. I'm allowed to have these things. I'm allowed to struggle with these things and seeing them and accepting that in myself and then seeing that I'm not alone in that. that Every single person has these things, no matter how much success and money and peace and yoga teacher trainings and whatever they have that, you know, everybody gets better, may have more tools and more use at transforming these things and moving through them. Mm But nobody is free from feeling fear, doubts, grief. Right, right. All sadness, all of that, that we all are in that mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And that's, the hope is that, yeah, like, let me expose myself and what I'm thinking and feeling and the ways that I try to make sense of it and getting other people's mm-hmm. tools because I know that my tools might not resonate for everyone and other people's voices out there. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I do want you everybody out there to just like try to make the most of the life that you have while you have it yeah yeah it's so beautiful that was the inspiration for me starting all of this was yeah the sudden loss of my father and feeling like life could end tomorrow mm-hmm. we don't want to be stuck at home right now guys but your life could end tomorrow yeah so yeah don't force yourself to be happy but like feel your feelings and allow it like that's the thing it's like again can feel like it seems too easy mm-hmm oh, just name the feeling and say I'm allowed to feel it and then I'll feel better. Like, I think that's another thing that makes me like even be like, these tools work for me. Or like people be like, oh, that you can't really change your life from zeroing in on the word should. Yeah. Well, try it, people. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Or try naming your feelings and try feeling like try the things, people. Try the things. Right. (laughs) And keep And if they don't work for you, try something else. (laughs) Yeah. And, And you're right. It's like take what we've shared and have your own direct experiencing of it. Um, because until you have a direct experience, it's just a really cool intellectual idea. And um, I hear that a lot in this world, uh, especially with more of the fix it versus feel it mentality. You know, there's, there's no clever like coaching technique that's going to bypass the experiencing of grief. And there's... Um, in this recent um, in book, I, book I recommend from Tara Brock, Radical Compassion, um, the a couple of things that I just would love to share that inspired me from um, a recent uh, podcast of Tara's is that when we really tap in as we have today to our own suffering of, again, approaching it with kindness and that idea of whatever arises may it serve the greater awakening. And then may the suffering awaken this heart in other hearts. And then the idea of may love go viral. So it's like, if you can recognize that when you tap into the own heaviness of your heart or your own suffering, um, 
in my personal experience, and I know you and I have talked about this, doing that served such a greater awakening in my own life. And it meant by going into those places that scare me. But it's those places in my experience that really hold the gift and, and, and treasure. Um, and it's not, um, it's not a linear process. This whole process is very nonlinear. Um, and then um, just one final thing that I wanted to share too is the, there's the current recognition of the losses that you're experiencing right now. Um, I know I'm talking to a lot of people where it's loss of income, loss of job. Mm. Some people. Yeah, like there's real loss. There's, yeah, the loss of, you know, um, home, um, families, you know, there's loss of safety, loss of trust. But then there's also the anticipatory grief where whether you recognize it or not, um, there's a bracing of ourselves of the loss that is yet to come. And so this anticipatory grief is really important for you to acknowledge. And again, remember, there's something powerful that happens in the brain when you name it and label it. So if you can even just, you know, taking a moment, whether you or in a partnership or as a family, just name the um, anticipatory losses that, that are present for you just in doing that. Again, I find there's a lessening of intensity in the emotion. And then you can really start to, to take action, right? You can, and just like you were saying, it's like, okay, here's what I'm feeling. What else, if anything, do I want to feel? And then you can also start to move in that space as well, while giving space for whatever rises to arise. And, and may this suffering awaken this heart and the hearts of others, which I think is just I, I want to make sure people are also thinking of that anticipatory grief and how that gets in our way of totally being present too. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Cause again, like now, hopefully with the fact of people hearing that, then they can be like, Oh, this is anticipatory, anticipatory grief. And that, yeah, you also said the and statement yes. and you know, which I think is so important. And I had a post that, yeah, like went well, like again, you're allowed to, sometimes it's, again, it's not, and even in that process where I was saying a fear that people are trying to shift too much is like, you can also be like, oh, I am feeling nervous or mm -hmm. I am feeling sad or I am feeling a disappointment. And then that's how do I want to feel instead of it doesn't have to be instead that that can be. And mm -hmm. I want to feel joy and I want to feel grateful for what I do have. Yeah. And so like that, it doesn't have to be this or that, that yeah, there's space for all of it. Yeah. And also with that, Nate, you know, what I got to, it reminded me of like, oh, when you're in that, the naming, like, especially like, oh, this is us living into anticipatory grief, whether you're in a conversation or, the, mm -hmm. or yourself. Mm -hmm. Then for me, like that, I right away got the message of asking myself, how does that serve me? Yeah. How does living into anticipatory grief serve me? And you could turn it into, oh, well, I'm preparing myself for, we're going to live off less income. Okay. So great. So like, that's a plan mm -hmm. and now set it away. Or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, asking yourself, how's it going to serve me? And to not be that that's wrong. Right. It's not wrong for me to be feeling this way. I'm not saying that, but like, how, how is this serving me? So then look at, mm -hmm. great. So I see that that is not a possibility. I might be losing income. Will I still be okay? Yeah. What are some other ideas? Like to turn it into like asking how it will serve me doesn't mean that that thought is wrong, but it could be again, like, great. Okay. So I check that off. I'm prepared that that's a possibility that's going to happen in my life. Mm -hmm. Does it serve me to keep worrying about that right now? 
No, like, let me do this. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, another thing that you can do, and this is kind of, you know, after you've, you've explored the things that we've talked about today, the, the final piece that I find has been really powerful, um, you know, for clients. And, um, as I've been teaching is when you've explored, you know, the types of losses, the emotions around that using the rain technique. And then you get to move into deciding what you're going to make this period in your life mean. So now you get to apply the meaning. And so what I'm recommending is that people do this individually. They do this with their partner. So as a partnership, what are we making this time mean as a family? Using this within your teams at work so that you can really create a container and a foundation which is the meaning that you're associating to this time. So for example, the meaning that I'm bringing into this period of my life is this is my opportunity. You know, my mission is to normalize grief and impact a billion people. I'm going to use this time to share what I know, the tools, the support in a way that I know through my experience Um, This is going to support other people moving through loss and grief. So I'm making this time mean that this is about me really stepping into purpose in a much larger way. Now, this doesn't mean that you need to associate this period of about purpose or launching a new business. I'm not saying that at all. This could be about you, you know, looking at unresolved grief or you practicing, you know, loving kindness or connecting deeper with friends or family. Just make it mean something. And then notice how that starts when you decide, when you decide what you make this time mean, notice what happens within your mind and body because now you've given awareness a job, right? You've given your brain a job to start to do and think and feel in a way that it's in alignment with that meaning that you've created. I love that. And yeah, I want to add for people out there that maybe don't feel like they have some sort of like, you know, big purpose or like calling in life, because I think that people can struggle with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you said, it can be something like making meaning. It could even be like making meaning out of this time, like making meaning that like I have enough Mm -hmm. right now, like making me right. Could it be something like that where sort of where I'm like creating an affirmation or something you want to believe that it's like making meaning like it can be something very similar, like, yeah, like. I am abundant, right? Or like making meaning, choosing, like, could it be, what can you think of like smaller things that like, I'm a stay at home mom and I'm so overwhelmed with my kids. And, you know, like that's, I like, I think that sometimes that can be a hard languaging for people. Yeah. So what I feel aren't like out in the world, like I have this mission. Yeah. Well, I, I, so the piece that I'm, I want to be very specific on, and this just comes from my experience and around the neuroscience of coaching is that. With affirmations, sometimes it's important to have more of a ladder or bridge thought because if there's cognitive dissonance between your current belief system, which is I am not enough, and then you're choosing a thought, which is I am enough, but like your body, your mind is rejecting that. Um, A more of a bridge or a ladder thought could be every day I'm building capacity to um, enjoy what I have and building the capacity to hold even more where that is kind of that nice bridge between where you are and where you want to be. So um, 
I find that with meaning what, because there's, again, it's when I say purpose, it's like, what are you taking action towards? And so in that idea of building capacity to hold, it's just noticing when um, you avoid or deny, like just even noticing when that shows up is about you building capacity. So I love that idea of building capacity. So it's like, I'm building capacity to be kind to myself. I'm building capacity to nourish myself with, you know, good food and staying connected with friends and neighbors. So, so are those like examples of what people could say for the make meaning? Is that like, so the making meaning is like, I am building my capacity to love more. I am building my capacity. Got it. Great. That's That's what I was just like. I like to give reference for, like I said, because a lot of people, you, a lot of people, don't have time and space right now. They don't have time and space for reflection. They've got a lot of kids. They've got a lot of responsibilities. So they might be like, what? Now I have to like make meaning. So it's again, like they would love probably to make meaning of their grief, but maybe it's like, what is something they can easily grasp onto? And then that could open up the pathways yeah. to them looking at grief, this looking is, at love, this like isn't a, capacity. This isn't a complicated process. And if people approach it, like if you listening, approach it that way, that is, um, to me, there's more of a, a, a limiting belief around giving yourself permission. So just like you were saying, whether it's work, kids, partner, um, the meaning is the meaning you can think of it too, is like an anchoring thought. And so like, I love the example that you gave, like it, it doesn't need to be complicated, but in you not deciding what you're making this time mean is self-sabotage, pure and simple. When you right, but that sounds to me like a judgmental thought. It, it's not. It's the right. But I get where you're coming from. But I'm just again coming from like I how I like the listening and words meaning things that like um, I can hear people taking that as sure, girl. I've got all this going on. I would love to be able to take the time to make meaning. So that's why I was again trying to like make it be easier and like being like, great. So you can choose a thought like. Yeah. I'm increasing my capacity to do this and that, like, because again, for me personally, who has done a shit ton of work and is not afraid of it, making meaning of this out of my life feels like, let me sit down with a journal and how can I make meaning Mm -hmm. of this? Whereas other people might not. And so I was just wanting to make that terminology be more easy and graspable for people that they could think of it in this moment. And then, yeah. And that's why I was relating it to like the affirmations and mantras that I was saying is that you want it to be that, that, yeah, to choose it to be an anchoring thought that you can come back to when you're feeling all of the overwhelm and this and that in the pool. Oh, yeah. I'm increasing my capacity to love more in this moment. Or, oh, I am increasing my capacity to, yeah, whatever. So that's why I just like to throw out suggestions again yeah. to make this be work that is actually doable for all the people and not judge somebody that might not have the actual capacity to sit down and feel like, I don't even know what does meaning mean? Because a yeah. lot of people, well, so it's like, I get it. And I, and I wasn't trying to be like judgmental, but like the reality of the people out there that don't have much time and like that that for them to hear meaning and feel like that's so much work right now. Well, and remember the meaning piece is after exploring the different types of losses and emotions. So, um, and, and I'm going to assume that anybody that's listening to um, your podcast has a roof over their head and they have food and support. And so um, having this type of conversation with somebody who doesn't have those things or is in a very, aggravated state, like there isn't space to explore in this way. So 
that first step is really about how can we, you know, um, just even simply sitting and breathing or moving or being out in nature, because you're right, we do need to get to a place where we can even open up to a conversation like this, which is why all the steps that you and I talked about at the beginning, like you said, it's such a bridge moving to this place of then being able to this kind of final step here of like, what am, what do I am gonna, what am I gonna decide to make this period of my life mean? Hundred yeah. percent, yeah, yeah. And oh, you just made me think too of even the fact of, uh, I wanted to give tips for people too, like that. I said I'm not having, I don't feel like I have the space to even feel a lot right yeah. now because I'm like with my kids and entertaining, and I felt like yesterday, like oh, I really need to cry. And people are like, great, so have one. I can't. <laughs> But what helped me to go cry is to go drive in my car and listen to music, mm -hmm. go walk by myself like with music. And so that there might also be like, take the space to be able to grieve yourself because yes. it's not just me. Okay, let me now journal and I'm going to feel all my feelings. Like that sounds great to me, but it doesn't happen. So like that also guys, like maybe like, yeah, go take yourself mm -hmm. for a drive or like go in the shower. Like what are places that allow the feelings to come through you? Because yeah. there's also, I think unresolved feelings. Like I don't need to name all those feelings, but like stuff needs to go through me. Like tears are ready to be shed mm -hmm. and they're just sitting there, but I'm not like, okay, release. Let me press the release button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not linear. You're right. You're right. I'm ready to release. Right. And <laughs> I have a couple. So that's of, something I noticed yeah. that like, I can't, I feel like I need to cry, but it's not coming. Cause then my mind's going to like, Oh, kids eat this, that. Oh, send the email. Like, it's just like, I like, <laughs> yeah. I have, now this is my 20 minute time to feel, feel. <laughs> I have, I have some, uh, I have some, um, friends with kids and, um, when I'm talking to them most is when they're out for a drive, they're like, Oh my God, this feels amazing. I'm in the car. It's just me. I'm listening to music. The windows are down. Um, yeah. and so I love that. That's a really good recommendation. Yeah. That's well, that's what happened because yesterday I did go to pick something up last week that was going to be handed off to me. Cause of course we're staying at home and I was like, right, we can go in our car and take a drive. Even if we're not going <laughs> somewhere. Like, yeah, so hot tip, hot tip, <laughs> whether you're a parent or not. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's great to get outside and but see yeah, something so different. Hopefully, everybody listening out there, this helps you to navigate through this time, the grieving, the feeling, naming feelings and moving through them. Mm. And yeah, think about that. How can I make meaning out of this time in our lives? Is that right? And again, it's like, it doesn't have to be some big, like, mm -hmm. oh, what? Just like, Check in real quick. Maybe even the first word that comes to you, love, gratitude, abundance, and then creating, right, your, like, yeah. statement around that. Yeah. Just, like, the, the first thing that comes to you. I think that's one thing that keeps people from doing any sort of work is, like, it feels like you need so much time in this big, beautiful statement or purpose. It's just, like, just. Yeah, it's small actions. Small actions, um, in my experience, um, create long-term. It's, like, the long-term result. You know, and you're right. Like, you know, I, I think a lot of people think I need to do something big and grandiose. And that, again, in terms of sabotage, that gets in our way. So just noticing that yeah. aversion and denial, taking small steps. First of all, you made it all the way through to this podcast. You've just taken <laughs> a massive step, massive step. In. Yeah, I meant for this to be a short podcast, but of course... <laughs> I know I was, I probably expected that to happen with Libby because you just, yeah, you're a great, uh, like a rebounder for all the things. Yeah. You're amazing. You're I amazing. I so appreciate you and your courage and 
um, just the strength and vulnerability and sharing your experience and asking really good questions. Um, I'm just, I'm really grateful to you and how you show up in the world. Thank you, Libby. I'm super grateful for you and thanks for being on this and you guys go follow her at liberated Mm -hmm. and she's been doing live Kundalini every day or every weekday on IG And yeah, lots more resources through her and of course through all the other stuff I have to share. And yeah, again, like make it be easy, guys. Like like I said, and that's too, it's like it can seem like I need to like have this big plan or this big meaning. Like, yeah, think of one word and then you plant that seed and it might start growing and growing and growing and what you're making meaning out might grow. Mm -hmm. It's just like, just like think of like, yeah, maybe just think of one word from right now and then let plant that seed to come back to and anchor you. Yeah. Anchor you to anchor anchor too. I'm like, what am I saying? (laughs) All right. Thank you again. And thank you everybody out there. Um, Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, share the podcast and tag us. We'd love to talk to you to know what you're loving. And if you leave a review, you can screenshot it and send it to me at podcast at yourjoyologist.com. And I'm going to send you a free gift from my product line. So go shop the products, get my daily inspiration app called Own Your Awesome in the App Store. And um, yeah, find me at Your Joyologist and Libby at Liberated.